It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Golazo, the Mexican football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn. And joining me, as always, is Manu Vets. Manu, how are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, Bryce. I'm still still in Germany getting ready for, for the World Cup. Um, it was a very busy day today. I'm getting all these media requests. Um, everyone is looking for the Russia expert. So I guess I, I'm that guy. <laughs> so it's been a really busy day. I, I had an hour long interview with Polish media. I had a 45 minute interview with, with Austrian media. And, um, I think there's a couple other ones scheduled, but you know, it's nice. It's, it's really nice. Um, it's, it's an exciting time, um, with the, the World Cup coming ever closer. And I'm, I'm really excited to actually just, sit back, relax, and chat a little bit about Mexican football, because it has been far too long. It has been far too long. It has. I, I only realized after I said um, you're on here, as always. But, yeah, actually, I uh, missed the uh, the last podcast. Um, Ollie and I did it, I, I believe. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And then last week, unfortunately, sorry, listeners, we had a few technical uh, issues. So, hence, we will be going back and covering uh, the CONCACAF Champions League final, which um, d- did occur last week, sure. But then the second leg will happen this week. And I feel that that's going to be a good place uh, for the two of us to start off tonight. Um, yeah, Manu, let, let's, let's talk about that first game. And no doubt a certain, um, well... Ex-US men's national uh, midfielder will come into it, uh, now pundit, I, I feel. But uh, the game ended 2-1 to Chivas. Chivas were playing in Toronto. There was a little bit of snow coming down at times. They took the lead very early on. Um, Toronto managed to equalise. But um, then with a, well, you could say it was um, it was a Golazzo uh, goal, a, a free kick. Or you could say maybe it was an overhead cross Mario which would you go for oh it was a good last one <laughs> <laughs> good choice very good he, choice. he meant it he meant it come on yeah. well oh, no he didn't no probably not but <laughs> I, I love that in, in the first night um uh I, I listened to you anyway I was watching um uh you had obviously one um commentator getting very excited and the other one just went Golazzo <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that." So, uh, yeah, un- un- unbelievable. But this this is an unbelievable result for Chivas as well. Uh, Toronto were very much the favourites going into it. We all know that Chivas have had their issues uh, domestically, haven't they? That you know, since winning the Clausura last year, they they have been pretty abysmal. They they have not been good mm-hmm. at all. And um, I think we said, didn't we, since then, that they have only won at home once. 
PS once. That, mm. That's how bad it is. But but on this occasion, yes, they were they were away from home. We will talk about the return leg, uh, where Chivas will be at home, um, all in good time. But let, let's uh, focus on this one. Uh, Manu, obviously, you're in Germany at the moment, but you're normally based in Canada, North America, and you know this was a shock, wasn't it? Well, I wouldn't say it was a shock. It would sound like the guy with the guitar. Um, yes, you know, for all <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know, this is um, I was talking about Alexi Lamas, the the the, the former uh, footballer, former, former midfielder, uh, musician as well, and uh, pundit as well. I think he's even got his, his own podcast, maybe. But um, he he did some um, come on. Um, well, I, I don't know where it was, but he, he was all over Twitter anyway um, with this video saying Chivas is a bad team. They're a bad, bad team. And <laughs> that bad, bad team managed to beat uh, the MLS side. So, so I, you, you don't understand, Bryce. They're a very bad team, okay? They're, like, they're, they're a bad team. They're just the worst team of all the bad teams. They, they That's are. how bad of a team they are. I and have I already said that they are a bad team? Because they really are a bad team. <laughs> Yeah, and boy did he eat his words, eh? Um, I, I mean, in the game, I mean, if you look at the stats, they they were fairly evenly uh, spread. But I would say, in watching the game, that um, if I if I'm fair to Toronto, they they probably had the better of the chances. But you know, Chivas went there; they got two um, goals, and you know, obviously playing in in those kind of conditions is something that a, a Mexican side will not be used to. Um, but also, I feel maybe me saying a shock is a bit um, a bit over the top, Manu. But I think majority of people would have expected Toronto to come out on top. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, based maybe on what Toronto put together last season, then the results, of course, against Tigres and Club America of of all the three teams um, that Toronto has been facing in this Concacaf Champions League, I think Chivas. Um, I don't want to say that they are a bad team, but they're not a team that is in good form, right? So um, I think of all the teams that they have faced so far, this is the easiest one. And that is no disrespect. I think that's just when, I mean, you just need to look at the Liga MX table right now, and that's, you know, you see it there black and white. I think, um, if, if I'm not mistaken, Chivas are in the Clausura, um, bottomed, second to bottom, right? Yes, they are, you know, with just 15 points out of 16 games, whereas uh, Club America, they're currently fifth and Tigres are fourth. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, this result is surprising because we expected Toronto to win this final handily. And that's not because Chivas are a bad team, it's because Toronto are a good team. But um, it's interesting that you bring this up because um, Toronto have struggled quite a bit. Um, hangover maybe from winning the MLS Cup that... MLS Cup that they have been working towards for a very long time now. Um, and they won it, of course, against Seattle in, in December. Um, but they were defeated 5-1 last weekend by Houston, right? So this is a side that's very much in trouble right now. And uh, people were saying it's because they put so much focus on the CONCACAF, but at the same time, you almost wonder, right, is this, uh, have they maybe... And we've seen this with teams sometimes, you know, when they put the focus on one competition and they sort of forget the other competitions. And I almost wonder if the wheels have come off a little bit for them. Yeah, I mean, uh, Manu, you're going to know much more about uh, Toronto than 
and the likes of myself. But um, you know, do, do you then see them being able to raise their game for the return leg? I mean, we we talked about how poor Chivas be, or sorry, mm-hmm. how bad bad Chivas can be um, at at home. But um, do you see this movie being um, well, the Toronto side not being the side that they were last year, and Chivas being able to get the job over the line? Well, I think that Toronto is actually a better side on paper than they were last year. Um, they're just not showing it. But um, that's a very good question, Bryce, because when you look back in the history of Toronto FC, they've never won a match in, in Mexico. Um, I think that they, both games against um, against Tigres and Club America, they came very close. And they were very good in Mexico. You know, both, both occasions, very difficult games to play. Um, the game against Club America in particular at altitude, right? It's very hard, uh, for teams to, to cope with that. And Toronto FC don't have to cope for that, with that on a regular basis like the Liga MX sides have to. So to maybe answer that question, I think it's very, it's going to be very difficult. They've never won in Mexico. Now they have to. Um, they have to score two goals, right? Because they conceded two away goals. So it's going to be a very difficult thing to do. Um, but you mentioned Chivas' uh, uh, home record. What was it? One win this yeah, in this entire season. One win, yes, yeah, since uh, since they they became champions um, almost a year <sighs> ago. So maybe maybe that's the the silver lining <laughs> for Toronto. Yeah, I think the um, big thing on that. I mean, Chivas. If we look at the weekend as well, I mean, sure, it's between cup ties. You know, good teams do rest players or they get their their eyes on you know um mm. what they may see as a more important game but you know it, we see chivas you know lose to atlas who have, who have been very poor as well um yep. until recent weeks where they've kind of picked up a little bit sure but um i mean they've dropped down to 17 out of 18 teams i mean <sighs> you know, this is last year's champions they, they, but this just goes to show how poor they have been yeah, and it's overall, and if you think when you look at the overall table, it's even worse, isn't it? Um, so, um, I mean, if the, if the Liga MX was, had promotion relegation like the European leagues, they would be in big trouble because they collected 18 points in the, uh, Apertura and they have collected just 15 points in the Clausura. Um, that's not a lot. <laughs> that's not a lot. So, I mean, yes, um, I wouldn't go quite as far as Alexei and say that they are a bad, bad team, but they're definitely a team that's out of form and has been out of form for quite some time. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Liga MX is such a competitive league and, and in a lot of ways it's still more competitive than Major League Soccer. I do, I do think that I think Major League Soccer is closing the gap rapidly, uh, very, very quickly. But, um, of course these teams have this history and the culture of winning. Continental games, and that's um, that's maybe something that can still make the difference in this final. Yeah, well, th- that's it. I mean, it- it's going to be a uh, pretty uh, crushing, I think, uh, to the MLS side. You know that a lot of people tipped to to possibly be the first um, MLS side to to win the Concacaf Champions League since um, the year two thousand when. No, no, no! Don't even go there, Bryce. No team has ever won the Concacaf Champions League. That was a different competition. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt when I shouldn't, am I? Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> well, Manu, Manu, let let's um let's I suppose wrap up um our uh our Concacaf Champions League mm. and final um discussion with what how do you see the game going in the return leg? Do what what would your possible prediction be? Mm, um, the Canadian in me is hoping that Toronto can still sort of pull this off, but. Um, I guess this is a good time to write history and get that first win in, in Mexico, but it's going to be very tough. Um, two away goals is hard, Bryce. They essentially have to score three goals, and um, I think they will have a tough time doing that. So um, Chivas are a massive favorite to wrap it up. Yeah, they, they've got to be, I think. Uh, I would imagine that they would quite happily get their second uh, well, uh, their second home victory since becoming uh, Plus Air Champions um, last season uh, in this uh, tie and I, I don't know. I, I suppose um, I, I was saying that we, we'd wrap it up, but I mean, Manu, the question is then, um, does this save Almeida's job? Does does this make him, you know, make people forget about the, the domestic uh, worries that they've had? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. Yeah, that, that, that everyone else is gonna forget about it. Uh, you you have to remember how important this continental competition now is in Mexico, right? Um, the walk away for trophy like that—it's it's so funny. But yeah, you they could have they basically played a catast- catastrophic season. <laughs> They're still the champions of of the continent, and they will play at the club. Um, yeah, I think. I think job well done. Um, you know, and then they can rest till till after the World Cup and put together a new side. And uh, I guess then it will be really will be really down for him to show that he that he can uh, change things. But yeah, I think for now that will change that will have the safest job. Do Do you think he'd win it? Just grab his um his um his medal and just go start waving to the fans, say goodbye press conference the next day I'm out I've done what I've needed to do here I'm gone that's mm, and that couldn't make sense too because what else could he win well, he's won the Cobra MX right he's won the 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 um, Liga MX the the Clausura last year um, he's then won the Conquer Cuff there's nothing left nothing left to win plus I suppose if you went to back to the domestic competition and all of a sudden you started losing next year. You got off on the bad foot. You know, you, you're going to possibly leave on a sour note when this might be one of the few and only highs that, that the guy could, could cling on to in the last year you know, since becoming Clazera champion. So it would probably bring his stock up ever so slightly before it coming, having the possibility to come back down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I you know, 100% agree. Um, I mean, we, there was talk, wasn't there, that he could maybe go to Europe when he won the, the Clausura last year. So he didn't. Um, a lot of people were surprised by that. And, and I think uh, winning a continental championship could very much salvage that. Um, that it could sort of erase that black mark that was left on, on the season. Yes, indeed. So, well, we'll just have to wait and see what does happen with Almeida. But um, a victory would uh, possibly be the right time for him to buy out, we've decided. But uh, let, let's um, talk about... Uh, well, before we go to Liga MX to, to talk about things domestically, 
we're going to talk about the Eredivisie. And yes, we, we've seen um, Chucky Lozano go there um, last season or last summer, what we say. And say, I, I think he's done better, hasn't he, Manu, than you and I ever could have expected. You know, he's, we, we knew that he was a talented player, but he, he's been fantastic for PSV. Yeah, remarkable. Um, it's been, it's been a very, very good year for him, right? And, uh, you, you have all sorts of rumors now swearing around that he could, he could head up to this club. He could maybe move to this team. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's been a very good year. I mean, just, just look at his numbers. Um, it's been a, it's been a year very, very much, very much was the best player in, in the Eredivisie. Um, 27 games, 16 goals, 11 assists. He scored a goal every 140 minutes in that competition. Um, you know, hard, hard to say, hard to argue, um, that he wasn't the best player in the league. Um, his transfer value has, has gone up significantly too. When, uh, PSV bought him, um, he was worth 10 million euros in transfer mark now, transfer mark D now reckons. Um, he's worth 22 million euros. And I mean, this is, this is the, the base value, right? For any transfer. Um, he, I guess any club coming in would have to pay far in, ex- in excess of that. So yeah, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a remarkable year. And uh, going into the World Cup, he is one of those players, you know, every World Cup, you have a list of players that everyone watches and everyone, sort of uh, eyes and sees like how can they do right how will these players perform at the world cup these these can potential breakout stars and he's certainly one of them he's definitely a player that the, the world will be watching and see if he can fulfill that promise that everyone has in him yeah that's it i can only imagine that osario um looking at the world cup is going to be a very excited to have a player of such form um going into it so we, we've seen him uh, pick up obviously a championship medal with PSV and at the moment he is still uh, well with two games to go he's uh, second highest goal scorer in the league which is just phenomenal we mentioned didn't we at the start of the year we, you, we were positive in the way that we said him going to Holland would would probably be uh, you know, a good transition for him actually maybe not with culture but uh, with the mm. football that's on the field it would be a good step. It's not going into one of the top five leagues, but a stepping stone in the, in the right direction. And and and, and he's come out and he's he's proved to us that you know with this, um, he he's probably ready for the for the top five divisions. I mean, a good World Cup and Manu, we we could see him go to well any of the the big boys in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, PSV I mean, uh, will definitely be winners when it comes to that transfer fee too. Yeah, and Pachuca too, because um, Pachuca have uh, a clause in the contract. So um, if any transfer were more than 25 million euros away from PSV, Pachuca will get 20%. So, you know, Pachuca will be a winner of that too, because I reckon he will go for in the region of 40 million euros. Um, I could easily see that. So, yeah, um, Pachuca will be <laughs> rubbing the hands as well because they will get a decent amount of money for this guy. Um, again, for the second time around, which means, um, with all the, the PSV paid 
12 million euros, uh, 8 million euros, but the, with all the clauses that they have, winning the championship, goal scoring, etc. Um, the transfer is now considered 12 million euros and then, you know, 20% of 40 million, um, is another eight. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's a nice, decent transfer, but for Pachuca at the end of the day as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They've, that's where Liga MX are, are going to benefit as well with, with, as you're producing these stars. But, you know, you'd be an idiot if you, if you didn't when you sold them say that you're going to want to cut to the, of the next pie, eh? Because mm. we, we know that the league has a lot of talent and it's almost an untapped market to a degree. We, we're not seeing enough players uh, in the top five leagues or like the Eredivisie or any of the other European leagues. You're picking up uh, enough Mexicans, uh, I feel. And uh, we'll, we'll go on, to, I think, probably now to talk about, say, another Mexican that's um is is going to head to Europe by the looks of things anyway. There's plenty of rumors, and mm. you never know he could stay. But it 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 probably makes sense, and that is Diego Lanes, uh, for Club America, where we've we've seen him break through last year, didn't we? And um, you know, at the young age of sixteen, and you know, the, this kid is just about uh, everything when it comes to attacking flair in the center of, of the park. You know, he's 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 a he's a bright young midfielder. Um, but he hasn't really had much of a chance under Herrera. Herrera um, more sets up his team, you know, to be um, to be sturdy and combative. And I I don't think it's it's been the best coach for for maybe the uh, the attacking talent that he has. But he's been linked to Manu to like some Monaco who have a rich um, background of uh, bringing up uh, youth players from around the world and. You know, it's, um, a lot of talent. You've seen the likes of Mbappe and amongst many others. But um, RB Leipzig as well also being linked to him, which is a team closer to um, your my hearts and interest. Um, being into uh, you being German, in, obviously <laughs> heavily into the the Bundesliga, but me also being a part of the Gegenpress and that podcast, and that would be fantastic as a, a reporting perspective you know you're for us wouldn't it if you made that move and RB Leipzig for anyone that's listening that isn't into the Bundesliga very much um, like to build their side based on young talent as well um, Manu do, do you think that it would be um, a good move for him to go to either of these sides and, and if so which would be better for him do you think and, and I suppose if you talk about Monaco at all I'm just going to bring you back to Leipzig and say what can he do there um, look, I think, I think that, um, either one, um, either one would work out well for him. I think in the end of the day, what he needs is a, is a move away from, um, Club America and Miguel Herrera because Miguel Herrera is not the, the coach to develop this player further. Um, he's seen this, this season, you know, his, his playing time has, has shrunk significantly. Under Miguel Herrera, and um, I think that, that that has various reasons. I think Miguel Herrera is a, is a great motivator, but I don't think he is he's the kind of coach that works with young players. I think he is the the coach that buys players and uh, players that fit his model and then puts them into the system. Right? I think he's just not the the guy to build sides from youth. So um, it's interesting that Lena's uh, family wants to move him out. Um, of, of the situation because his brother was in a similar situation and, 
Um, they kind of, they kind of didn't make that move early enough. Um, didn't, didn't materialize in time. And then his brother's career stagnated. So they don't want to make that same mistake. Um, Diego Lainez is turning 18 this year, which would mean he would be allowed to move abroad, right? There's that FIFA regulation that you have to be above 18. And RB Leipzig and Monaco are both interested. Now, I think that, uh, in, in many ways, when you, when you look at the t- two clubs, um, Monaco, this, I think it was in the winter, Padelli that they signed, right? The young Italian. He was the most expensive Italian, um, or most expensive U18 player signed uh, in European club history. Um, Mainz, uh, Leipzig in turn, they tried to bring in Mbalo, um, a young Portuguese attacking winger. They were ready to sign him for 80 million euros. That transfer fell through, not because of the transfer fee, but because of agent involvement. And this could be still on in the summer. So, you know, this, these are two sides that are very much willing to spend a lot of money on young players and bring them in and to, to sort of jump the gun on young developing talent and, um, in order to have them in the squad now and to develop them. And I mean, when you look at my, when you look at Leipzig, um, they started two 18 year olds and, and center back, um, Upamecano and Konate next to each other. And we're not worried about the repercussions, potential repercussions that that could result in. So I think that very much shows that Leipzig as a club are, are willing to take those risks. And I think Monaco are very much the same way. They're willing to take those risks. And, um, so I think that either move could be great for him. Yeah, that's it. I, I think it would be. It'd be exciting, and I think I think both teams would would do a a good thing for him. Um, if if he didn't go to those two sides, I I think probably a step a bit like uh what Chucky Lozano has done, and you know maybe going to the likes of AX or or PSV would would also suit him well, rather than maybe jumping in with one of the um one of the bigger sides in Europe and maybe being lost or loaned out over years. And I I think he needs a bit of um. TLC, you know, a, a a bit of a bit of close attention and uh, give him the right attention. I I think Mexico could have themselves a hell of a player. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we uh, he's often compared to Christian uh, Pulisic, right? Uh, the Mexican Pulisic, and um, they are similar in that kind of regard in terms of playing style, that the way they move on the field. Um, TLC, you mentioned, yeah, tend to love and care. Um, I think that's that's exactly what he needs at the moment. Um, but why not Monaco and or, or Leipzig, right? I think that we've been both to Leipzig, Bryce. We've seen what they do when with young players there, how they develop them and how they are willing to play them. And the style of football is is very much attacking like. And even I mean, this week in the Bundesliga is is such a fantastic place for young players. Jaden Sancho. 17-year-old English guy was playing for Borussia Dortmund uh, in one of the key matches. So this is a league where they're not afraid of playing young players. It's quite the opposite. So I think in that regard, it would actually be the better move for him as a young player. And Leipzig have said that they want to go into new markets, that they want to expand. So I think the Mexican market um, is is it would be an interesting one for RB Leipzig to expand to. Remember the brand, of course, that is behind Leipzig is RB, RB Red Bull. And um, Mexico is a huge market for that. Yeah, that's it. I, th- I think you, as you said, you we've been to Leipzig uh, before, a, a beautiful city as well, and a, 
a city that's you know um, I I think would also be good for for a, a young person to to move to. I I, I think he'd be quite happy there, and mm-hmm. that side you know it keeps bringing through youngsters. They're confident to play them. You know they work hard and work very close with them, and I I think that could be um, a a pretty good move for him. And as you said, you know Jaden Sancho, you know had a fantastic weekend. The the youngest um, Brit to ever score in the Bundesliga. You know, and that just goes to show, you know, they're not afraid of that. And we all know, like if uh, if a Mexican signs for one of the the foreign sides or one of the sides around the world. They do get behind it. They do support them. So I think a lot of people would tune in. So from a business perspective, also it would be a, a great move uh, for for Lanes and maybe Liga MX as well. But um, for Mexican football, certainly. But um, I want to actually throw in one more, Bryce, before we move on. And uh, Mexicans will be gringing the teeth and shudder in disgust. But I want to throw in Major League Soccer. As a potential move as well. And I say that because uh, Major League Soccer has very much changed their profile on players that they target. Um, you know, Jan Barco, who's gone for to Atlanta United, the 18-year-old Argentine wonderkind. Um, Almiron, who's also at Atlanta United. Young players from Latin, Latin American countries are going to Major League Soccer these days. Um, less of a culture shock, right? Just across the border. And um, it, that could be another one that I could potentially see. Um, so uh, maybe to keep an eye on that as well. That is a bold, bold statement that he would go all the way to MLS. Well, what has MLS got that League MX doesn't, huh? Well, in this regard, he's been playing time and maybe a bit more money. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. So anyway, it'll, it'll be exciting and... Yeah, it could be a big summer for uh, Diego Lanners. Hey, if um if you're tuning in, you're not watching a League MX regularly. Don't forget that name. I have a feeling that mm-hmm. you know we're gonna hear about him plenty in the in the next few years. But um someone that we have heard plenty of and maybe a little bit too much of um this year outside of Mexico is Rafa Marquez. Um obviously we all know that do tune into Liga MX. What a fantastic player! He has been for Atlas um, the start of this season, and when he's returned, he really transforms that side. And, and what a great player he's been for Mexico over the years. Um, and he's 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 played in uh, all different countries, including MLS. And obviously, Barcelona was probably the peak you would have to say of his career. And you know, mm. he's 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 had a, a fantastic career. But Manu, we've seen um, him play his final. Um, game, his final club game uh, this weekend as Atlas were at home to Chivas and they managed to win 1-0 um, he, he's been a, a fantastic professional on the field anyway and um, I, I suppose off the field as well until these maybe, these allegations of maybe, you know um, mm, allegations they are the allegations exactly, that's no. why I'm going to say that he has been a Fantastic example off the field as well until those were to turn into anything but allegations. Yeah. And it, it, it'll be a shame to see him go, won't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he's the, the Beckenbauer of Mexican football, right? Um, and I mean this, again, on and off the field. Uh, it's just such a wonderful person. Um 
someone who stood for for a lot of values um also a, a fighter for for the player union right in mexican football to defend um player rights in, in liga mx that are still very much weakened a lot weaker than they are in in european football or in across the border in the united states and i think that his work in that regard is just um it's just remarkable you know it's such a such a great person in that regards and the fact that that you just look at the teams that he played right he started his career obviously with atlas uh played with monaco um interesting that linus is linked to that club i wonder if a little little someone uh, whispered something in someone else's ear uh, be an interesting one to follow and then 163 games for barcelona Price from 2003 to 2010. That's a long time at Barca and in a, at an environment that's not easy to succeed at, right? Um, and the, the titles that he's won with Barcelona, he's won um, one, two, three, four, four La Liga titles. He's won the Copa del Rey in 2009, the Champions League twice in 2006 and in 2009, the FIFA Club World Cup in 2009. Uh, I mean, this, this guy has won everything on the club level, right? Um, and even with Mexico, he's won things. He's, he won the FIFA Confederations Cup in 1999, uh, the Gold Cup twice, 2003 and 2011, and then of course the Concacaf Cup. Um, it's yeah, it's 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 a guy that's that's collected so many medals. Um, and I mean, this is this is just a fraction of the medals that I have listed, and that's that's just remarkable. And um, I think, I think it was this season when we started the podcast, uh, at the age of 38, you know, when he was playing and he was playing, um, some of really great football still for Atlas. Um, yeah, just fantastic. And it's sad to see him go. I, I think, um, football will be, will be less because of him gone. But at the same time, I mean, at 39, um, unfortunately, age does catch up with all of us, right, Bryce? Uh, we all know this and, um, sooner or later you will have to hang up those boots. Um, but there is a piece of good news. Um, I think that was just a couple of days ago. Um, it was confirmed. Sources confirmed. Rafa Marquez is going to play his fifth World Cup. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's quite the occasion to go out at. Yeah, especially as Mexico will, will probably win the World Cup, right? Um, well, do we have a quote from Chris, what he said on the Mexican football show? No. About, I'm pretty sure he said Germany will destroy Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did not. He's way too diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He might be a little bit, a little bit more pleasant than that, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, you know, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he will too, but I think there is that curse of the, the quarterfinal, right? For Mexico, um, there's a really good video that was that was just released by Fox, an advertisement. Of course, Fox is going super heavy Mexican because that uh, team um, that the guy with the guitar played for didn't qualify. So um, bad, bad team, bad, bad, bad team. team. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hashtag USMNT. Um, if you don't know what I mean, you can look it up. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, they didn't make it. Um, sad story, really. So a lot of people will be tuning in and I guess support Mexico. And I think the recent, the recent World Cup numbers have come out, right? And the United States have actually bought the most tickets, which of course 
prompted another video by Fox suggesting that U.S. fans will be the most at the World Cup. Um, slightly fake news in a way that <laughs> most of those U.S. fans are probably native Mexicans that uh, have gone <laughs> to support or other Latin Americans. I mean, when I was at the Comfort Cup, there was, I think the U.S. had also bought the most tickets, even though the U.S. didn't go. And a lot of them were Chileans of Chilean descent and Mexicans as well. And even odd other countries, um, there was a huge amount of Colombians there, um, that traveled from the United States and had bought the tickets in the United States. So I think, um, you know, the U.S., a lot of people in the U.S. will be tuning in to support, um, these Latin American teams. And I reckon the United States, uh, not the United States, Mexico will be the number one team. L3 will be the number team in the U.S. this summer. This is John Grills from the Creepy Podcast. With Best Christmas Ever on AMC+, Plus, every day feels like Christmas morning. From new holiday favorites like Elf and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation to modern iconic family classics like The Polar Express and The Year Without a Santa Claus, you can spend the holiday season opening only the good stuff. Plus, you get a stocking stuffed with highly acclaimed AMC series like The Walking Dead and Mad Men, new series like Gangs of London and The Walking Dead World Beyond. And you're also getting your favorite iconic Christmas movies without having to search. AMC Plus is available on all your devices. Sign up today at amcplus.com. AMC Plus, only the good stuff. We can get anything delivered from furniture to toilet paper. And now, adult beverages with Drizzly. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly's giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code EASY5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. Yeah, well, that's it. It's, it's, I think um, I think it would be fantastic, wouldn't it, for Rafa Marquez uh, and obviously the Mexican fans. Don't get me wrong, you mm. know, for for El Trey to do well in the World Cup, get to that knockout phase. But I think they will, Bryce. I, I think I'm it... confident they will as well. And this is coming from two people that aren't Mexican, so you know, I think we we could be a bit more realistic and it's not um, we can think a little bit more with our heads rather than our hearts wouldn't you think yeah more well, i think they can finish uh i mean maybe i'm biased because i'm german but i reckon germany a massive favorite to finish that group first and then um you know sweden will be very much distracted by what happened today with emil forsberg uh the famous tweet He's, he sent out a tweet saying, uh, thank you for everything. Um, you, you can, you can decide what that means. Um, I guess it was either gu- guided towards RB Leipzig or the national team or whatever. And then Slatan, uh, saying that he's playing at the World Cup, um, sort of deciding for the country that he's going to be nominated and playing. Um, and then South Korea is a shadow of what they used to be. Um, so I think there's a very good chance for Mexico to finish. Uh, and the top two together with Germany and, and move on. And, um, I think once you the, the knockout stage, everything is possible, right? So, um, I think there's a very good chance that they could go deep in this tournament. Yeah, I think so as well. And Rafa Marquez may be aging as we've talked about here. You know, he may not be the player that he once was, but he does play in a rather important position. Mm. For Eltre and for Sario and having that experience and that leadership 
and that kind of defensive cover in the middle of the park, that com combative uh, power that he does have, you know, may prove to just um, increase those odds as well. So um, even in the dressing room, right, having the guy in the dressing yeah. room is big. Uh, absolutely, you know, I, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if in years to come we see Rafa Marquez, you know, turn out as a as a coach or. Or, or you never know, he could go into the likes of politics or behind the scenes of football, right? So who knows? But he's he's definitely a, a bright guy as well, isn't he? So, but let's um let's talk a little bit um about domestic football now. Let's go to Liga MX. Um, unfortunately, this weekend we we had hoped that uh, Veracruz could do what uh, Morelia and uh, Monacos uh, did this time last year. And with the last game, they managed to win. You, Manu, you and I talk about it all the time, but they needed to win. And with that win um, over Monterey, uh, with two Ray Diaz goals, they went into the Liga. It's not to be, unfortunately. They've been eliminated um, from the possibilities of getting into the Liga. They lost 3-0 away to Toluca. Um, Toluca is sitting at the top of the table. Um I think um, Ollie and I had predicted that this might be close. It 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 wasn't quite the case. Um, but um, yeah, they've they've been eliminated from that. But um, as as far as relegation battle goes on, uh, they they're looking like they're on the safe side, Manu. As they are. Oh, they are. They are safe. It has has been confirmed. I've just checked. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. That shows how much I've been out of the loop here this weekend. My bad. Um, Oh, yeah, too much sun in London's dragged me outside. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, instead of looking at my at my um, at my computer, eh? But um, yeah, Lobos have went down, so so uh, Veracruz can sit happily in uh, Liga MX for one more year. Yeah, um, are we happy about this or not? I'm not sure. Um, I mean, Lobos. Um, it would have been a great story if they had done it the last day and then reached the playoffs, but this is kind of like a letdown. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it. It's, 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 it is a little bit of a letdown. But we, we talked about Veracruz have been pretty poor, you know, and they're pretty rand sides. Um, but Lobos, as much as you in the, in the first half, you know, you know, in the aperture, they. They were fantastic one week, and then they were awful next week. They were very bipolar, you know. In Jose, they've they've just been awful, really. Um, you you do feel a little bit for them as they've got no investment there whatsoever, uh, so they're always going to struggle. But yeah, you you can't, you just as Ollie would say, you cannot defend that badly and expect to be, you know, still competing in in the competition. I mean. Only one side has uh, defended worse than them in the Clause era, and that's actually Leon. You know how they've managed to get you know more goals conceded is beyond me. Yeah, um, I think I think we all kind of scratch our head when it when it comes to that. Um, Thirty-two goals in sixteen games, Price. Whew. Yeah, I know. Um, wow, <laughs> that's two goals a game. Um, you cannot stay in the league with, with something like that. It's just not possible. Um, no. and I think that sounds really hard, but it's good riddance. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it was kind of like an interesting story for the first few matches in the upper tour and then it very quickly got old, didn't it? Well, uh, I mean, 
it was interesting because uh, you know they burst out of the traps, didn't they? Yeah. You know, they were very good, but then too many things behind the scene kind of played against it, um, didn't they? You know, with bar fights and, and stuff like this, you know, and I, I mean, twenty three points in their uh, the first half of the season was very much respectable. You know, it, it was a good old yeah. effort, but following that up with nine is 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 really very poor. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what comes up. Um, you know, the final, we know, of course, the final will be, uh, between, um, Leon, Leones Negros, the, the third team from Guadalajara and, uh, Tapachula, um, which is, I think is one of the, the Cafetaleos. Um, if I believe, if believe, they're not one of the sides that can go up. Let me just double check that because we have a list for this. No, they're in fact not one of the sides that can go up. So, um, Leonis Nikos can. Leonis Nikos, if they win it, they will be facing Alebres de Oaxa, um, a side that's, um, st- I think still in negotiation process on whether or not they will be allowed to get promoted, right? Um, but you almost wish that, um, the third Guadalajara team can make it up. A big stadium, um, Cool logo with the the line, of course, uh, very flamboyant shirts, and maybe a little bit of a better run team than the white and one that's going down. Um, with such a pathetic situation in the end of it, so I, I don't know if we're going to miss miss uh, Lobos very much, to be quite frank. No, I don't. I I don't think they really are are going to be much of a, a, a much of a Absentee, absentee. I think from the uh, from like yeah, you know, um, in our hearts, really. They've they've uh, or from a uh, league MX in our hearts. I mean, they they they've offered so little. I think, and I could only see more of the same next season if they were to be some type of miracle and they had to stay up, you know. Uh, but yeah, I suppose good luck to them. Maybe we'll see them again soon in a few years, eh? Lobos? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm trying to be polite here. <laughs> but um, good luck to Lobos fans. Uh, thank you for um, for uh, giving us a few um, memories and then memories of bad defending. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's Ollie when we need him? I, oh, I I'm pretty sure. You know, when next time we get Ollie on the show, we should have him um, give the eulogy. Ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. We we should say that we want a tactical breakdown of uh, of the finest uh, Lobos defending moments. Yeah, it's the oh my goodness! I I'm, I I'm sure he can go on for a while. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure he can too. We we should yeah we should, we should chat uh chat to um Ollie about this next time he's on. We'll tell him Ollie first ten minutes of the next podcast. You give him the. You're giving the commentary on Lobos's relegation and uh, 50 points and what's gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it could go on. I think you and I could go and have our dinner and come back and we'd still be ranting on. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> but, uh, Manny, we mentioned, um, obviously, um, you know, about um, you being from... Uh, well, being from Germany but living in Canada, you have a, a keen interest in uh, obviously many different leagues around the world. But you know, you you've got um, a strong um, 
affiliation with with Canada, and so the, there's there's a Canadian making a bit of a an impression in League MX. Um, do you, do you want to explain who this is and tell us a little bit um about him? Yeah, this is this is a special for the Canadians abroad, uh, Canucks abroad uh, Twitter account. Follows me. Hey guys, if you listen to this, uh, this one is specially for you. Uh, Lucas Cavallini, um, nine goals scored for Puebla. He is, he's a Canadian national team player. Um, that makes him third in the goal scoring list behind Giannini and Nicolas Castillo. I think and no surprise with Castillo. Giannini is a bit of a surprise, I guess, still is. I mean, he, he flew out of the gates and has been scoring. Like there is no tomorrow, so I mean he's going to probably wrap this goal-scoring title up. But yeah, uh, Lucas Cavini, um, it's it's an inter- he's an interesting player, Bryce, because um, he was born in Toronto, Ontario, um, but he actually played um, his youth career at Nacional in Uruguay um, and. Um, Played, uh, mostly actually in, in South America. Um, at first at Nacional, then he went to Juventud, uh, then he went at Phoenix, and then, uh, he's actually, um, currently owned by Panarol, where he, where he played, um, last year and scored six goals in six, uh, six goals in 16 games. And, uh, this year he's actually out on loan at Puebla and he's been very good there. He's, he's got, uh, 13 goals in 24 games this year and, um, very good breakout season for him, you know, because he's now 25. He's still relatively young. He's, he is, um, something Canada doesn't have a lot for, um, strikers playing away from major league soccer. Um, having an international, um, having that international experience and of course playing in major league soccer, um, and playing in Liga Max is, is a huge experience because if you play for Canada, you play in a CONCACAF qualification, you play in a CONCACAF League of Nations and you, you compete against teams from Latin America all the time. You compete against the, the, the likes of Panama, Nicaragua, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And Mexico as well. So bringing in that culture is very good, and it's very much what Canada needs, um, the Canadian national team needs. And um, seeing a Canadian kid do well abroad, um, away from from Canada and away from Major League Soccer, is always is something positive. And Lucas Cavallini has been having a great year. And you know what? Um, so does so is Puebla. I mean, Puebla is still within a shout of making the Liguella, um, just two points out, right? They can still make it, um, although you know it's going to be tough. It's going to be down to the final game. But if they do make it, it will be down to him, and that's that's great. Um, I'd be curious to see where he's going going off to next. If uh, Puebla can retain him, uh, whether he um, he will have to go back to Uruguay, or maybe if he's you know maybe there's a move to Europe in the cards for him. Yeah, would not be exciting for all the uh, all the Mexican uh, football. Soccer fans out there, I'm sure they would uh, appreciate you know seeing somebody trying to trying to make it at a high level over you know across the water in, in Europe you know that mm. but um, Puebla will be uh, very grateful to to have him this year and I suppose Manu you you did mention that you know they they can still make the gear they're sitting yeah. with 20 points um, 22 at the minute seems to be a uh, where the line is drawn but. Um, so many teams in in the mix, and you know, Manu, let, let's 
get your prediction as to who may actually go into the league year. So, at the moment, we've got Toluca, who have, have been fantastic, almost out of nowhere. They've been on, on a fantastic run of form, but they're sitting in first. Uh, they have qualified. Mm. Santos have qualified. Monterrey, uh, Pumas, uh, or sorry, not Pumas, um, America, and... Then Pumas. Then Pumas. <laughs> no, sorry. So Toluca, Santos Laguna, Monterey, Tigres, and America have qualified. Yes, sorry. I'm getting confused here. Um, and then we've got Pumas, um, who are sitting at the top of the uh, right. to be confirmed pile, sitting in sixth. Uh, I'm off the podcast for two weeks and look what happens. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. You'll be thinking, I need to stay away more. And so it's all the Pumas yeah. fans, baby. I jinxed it now. You <laughs> must have, yeah. But uh, the Pumas are sitting in sixth. Um, with 23 points, Morelia are sitting in seventh, um, with 23 points, um, Cholos 22, Pachuca 22, Nicaxa 21, Puebla 20, Cruz Azul 19, and Leon 19. Yeah, so, I reckon Leon is wow. odd. Look at their goal differential, right? Yeah, that, that doesn't help. I mean, points are yeah. already against them. They would need a lot to go in their favor. Yeah. Um, I, I think we can say that as well. So as we well. can basically draw the line below Cruz's soul. Cruz's soul only because of the goal differential. Um, although, yeah, I guess, I guess it's, oh man, a lot of things have to go in their favor. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I think we can really draw the line at them with them as well. Um, so just pulling up the, the yeah. final schedule here. Uh, I mean, you, you got, um, the final match day. So what you do have, and this is very exciting, you have Nicaxa playing uh, Morelia, right? So these two teams are only two points apart. Um, Nicaxa with a win, a straight in, um, very straightforward. Uh, um, Puebla are playing Lobos. Mm, okay, well, I mean, Puebla, um, very much outside chance. Three points could be enough, but then you look at the goal differential. They pretty much have to hope, right? That, uh, yeah, that there's actually almost no hope for the meter price because when you look at it mathematically with the minus two goals, if Morelia yeah. lose theirs, um, then Tijuana and Pachuca have to lose theirs as well. Um, and Tijuana and Pachuca do play, um, Tijuana are playing Toluca. Okay. Well, so that's possible. Their defeat is possible there. And the Pachuca are playing. Let me just pull it up plus. Uh, you know, so, ha. Yeah, I don't know, Bryce. Um, it's a tough one, right? Very outside chance for, for Puebla. Things have to go very right for them. So the big one to watch is definitely the Monarchas game against Nicaxa. Because, uh, of course, Morelia draw. I, I reckon they're this through. Um, Pumas, of course, they can be still dragged into this, um, whole mess. Uh, Pumas are playing Carataro on Sunday. Huge advantage because by the time they are playing, uh, they're having that, that 10 o'clock, uh, fixture, West Coast fixture, 1 o'clock PM, um, East Coast fixture, nice 7 o'clock kickoff for us, Bryce. Uh, 6 yeah. o'clock kickoff for you, 7 o'clock kickoff for me, because I'm in, in Europe, of course. Um, by that time, everything could be already wrapped up for them. Yeah. They can sort of watch everyone else beat each other up. And, well, uh, 
um, just check it all out, right? Or they might need to win. Well, I suppose the same would be said about Cruz Azul, the slim chance that they would possibly have as they would have the midnight game in the UK or, or 1am on Monday for you. Yeah, that's true. That so if they have everything goes their way, which seems unlikely, but everything say it does, then they might have a final. But I can't see that happening, Bryce. The, the, the mathematics are just not lining up for them. No, I mean, if, if we're talking to each other on Sunday evening, you know, about the possibility of, of cruises all going through, then I think the two of us are just going to have to stay up and watch that one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do some live tweeting maybe from that, you know, but uh, my body will be telling me hopefully that they don't get through. And we can so go to go bed. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when we got work the next day, right? But mm. so, what predictions do you have then, Manny? Who do, who do you see going through if you're to pick a few sides? Um, I think Pumas will go through, and I think Morelia will go through. Um, I, I reckon Morelia will win that game um, against Nicaxa. I'm, um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if it's possible for Morelia and Nicaxa to go through. Yes, if they draw and Tijuana lose their game yeah. to Toluca, yes, they draw. And uh, Pachuca lose have to, to lose Atlas. their game to Atlas. Then a draw between Monarcas and Nicaxa would be enough. You see, this is why it's so much fun. There's so much can happen. Even but they don't know that because they're playing first. Yeah. So they, they will be biting their nails for the rest of the weekend. So if they draw, then they'll be both sitting there like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> they will be sitting there, and then the first they will watch Club Tijuana play Toluca, and then Toluca wins. They're like, <sighs> and then Pachuca will be playing Atlas, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's possible. You're absolutely right. If they draw, they will be both sitting on, um, they will be sitting on 22 points um, which would get um, them ahead of Tijuana right on goal differential and then they have to wait and see uh, Pachuca have to lose and Tijuana have to lose and then they will be through and Puebla will have to lose the game incredible isn't it yeah and Cruz Azul have to win the game by less than three goals and and, and Manu then if we just just before we wrap it up, um, if we look at the the top uh, of the table and the Ligia, whoever goes through, do you think the likes of Toluca you know, have enough about them uh, to go all the way on this occasion? Well, they they really want to, they really wanted to win it last year when they had that anniversary, right? Um, when they were when they, they celebrated one hundred years of Toluca. Now it's one hundred and one. Um, Faith would have it that way sometimes. Uh, Faith has it sometimes that way that you win the, the, the year after your anniversary. I mean, they're very consistent and consistency pays off, but I think that, I think that it will be uh, a Monterey side that will win it in the end, Bryce. Either Monterey or Tigres. Yeah, that's kind of safe betting, isn't it? And I can't blame you. They have the experience. They do have the squad depth. Uh, Toluca, though, have had form at the right time, but we, we normally say that when a team has uh, started to win two or three games before the end of the, uh, the the current season, they've actually hit nine games winning mm. winning streak, which is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so, uh, you know, 
provided they, they win this weekend, they would go into that red-hot form. So um, I suppose um, what we're trying to say is this weekend, maybe the last match day until we go to the knockout phase, but there is loads to play for still and loads of interesting topics, isn't there? Um, yeah. I'm quite excited. I can only imagine you are as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that final match day will be great and Pumas will be back in the Liguela. Um, they'll wrap it up, Bryce. Uh, I'm confident and that's going to be great fun to see. Well, of course. Well, that, of course you would uh, point in that direction, eh? But, uh, Manu, that, that will do it for this week. We've rambled on enough, uh, but we've, we've covered a lot of interesting uh-huh. topics, I think, and we're going to have plenty more to talk about next week as well. We may even try and get our Swedish football specialist and um, occasionally Mexican football specialist to, to stop having brunch, as all I see is photos of his brunch these days. Oh, at yeah. Ikea. Uh, and at Ikea, meatballs. <laughs> All the time. Uh, but <laughs> enough about Ollie. Uh, Manu, what have you got going on this week? And uh, I have no doubt that there's plenty for you to draw the attention to um, over on the Football Grand Network. Yeah, absolutely. We have lots of coverage on the Champions League. Um, Chris Williams is, is doing the Liverpool game tomorrow. Um, then I'll do the Bayern game. I'm in Munich um, on Wednesday. So we have tons of coverage on both those matches big 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 matches um i think we're all hoping for the bayern liverpool final right bryce uh fingers crossed on that that'd be a grand occasion for us in kiev of course where the football grand network started um I, I think it's destined to end up that way that's just my personal opinion so um the road to kiev we're going strong on that um so yeah that's that's very much at the center um of what we're covering this week on on the football grad network so all of that can be found at football grad live over at football grad tom um the road to kiev leads to the road to russia um because the world cup um i'm representing the football grad network in russia and we have we're gearing up our russia coverage um andrew flint great article on the new stadium at and saransk um one of the oddest choices, World Cup choices. He's written a fantastic article, some original photos. That's already up on footballgrad.com. And um, there will be more, of course, coming your way on footballgrad.com as we're getting inching closer and closer to that big tournament, Bryce, um, exciting tournament. So, yeah, lots and lots of coverage on that. So that can all be found at uh, Football Grad Live, and you can follow me at Manuel Beth. Yes, loads going on. As always, and yeah, we we, we can't um, say enough uh, good things about um, a writer and football grad uh, contributor um, Andrew Flint. Fantastic, mm. fantastic stuff. So uh, definitely check that out. It's it'd be well worth uh, a read, especially on that commute um, to and from work. I can't recommend it enough. But guys, if you've enjoyed <laughs> the podcast, please head over to the likes of uh, iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from, and maybe give us um, some positive feedback. And yes. Please get in touch with us on likes of Twitter as well or, or Facebook and maybe different topics you'd like to hear us discuss. Um, some people like that, you know, we're, we're not Mexican, we're not Mexican based, you know, we can give an outsider's view, you know, even though we do thoroughly enjoy the, the Liga MX, um, and other Mexican football, um, topics um, and games um, so yeah please get in touch with that as well I've been your host Bryce Dunn you can find me on Twitter at Bryce Dunn 11 and yeah make sure to head over to at Football Grad Live as we've got a very 
very busy week of content coming up. There'll be plenty of uh, information for all of you out there. That does it for this week. Enjoy the final match day. You know that we will. Adios. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.